Hello, welcome to NC Asian American Ministries podcast. My name is Sammy Ju, your host. Now, let me ask you your question.、Um, we all want to live a long life, right? Is there anybody who wants to, who want to die now? No, nobody, right? But sometimes, sometimes you might think about, you know what? Death is better than now. Death is better than life. When things go really, really tough, right? One of my closest friends died in 2019, August. And then it was very devastating because he is a really, really close friend of mine. But when I, when I was going through all that jazz in 2020, I'm like, wow, he is very lucky. He is very blessed because he did not have to see all these troubles and pains, right? So sometimes we think, like, you know, the people who are dead are better than people who are living now because all the pains and troubles that we go through is so, so hard. I saw a very devastating statistic s just came out about two weeks ago. It was very shocking. Compared to 2019 and 2020, the depression rate in America, in the United States, went up 900%. I'm not kidding. Not even 90%. 900%. We're living in a very, very devastating time. Job loss. Life loss. And even unity is loss. Whenever you look at、uh, YouTube or Facebook and all the medias, everything that we see is not that great. There are some good news, but it's, it's very hard to see good news. It is very clear that we are in the most polarized time ever. And the internet was created about 20 years ago.、Um, and we had a hope because the internet can connect everyone at the same time in one place so that the world will become smaller and everyone become friends and will fulfill the song, We Are the World. If you know this song, you are my age, right? <laughs> so we were very help- hopeful, but the result came out to be even opposite. Thanks to internet, thanks to social media, the division polarization even h a v e accelerated more than ever. So we see more fights and all of that. So it really shows us, even though the technology advanced and we see so many great things going on, even the cell phone and all, but the, the real problem, the root of the problem has not ended. We still have the old issues like fight and war and hatred and all of those problems. And it is not really surprising because in Genesis 6 5, it talks about God seeing us, the God, God seeing the wickedness in all around the world. The wickedness, the evil is prevailing, and everything human thinks is only evil continually. I'm not making this up. This is, a, this is in the、uh, Genesis chapter 6, 5. Cain and Abel, they were the first brother in the world in history. 
when you have a brother, when you have a kids, you want your kids to be happy to each other. You want your kids to share their toys all the time. But that is not the case. We know when you have people more than one, there is fight. So there was the fight between Cain and Abel, and Cain killed Abel. The division in the family happened right there, even from the beginning. And people tried to develop and tried to uh, be better person each time. But we know that it's not working. There was a big, uh, big time of peace in the land of Judah, land of Israel. The King David was a man after God's own heart. And King Solomon was the wisest person, wisest king in all history. But you know the history. King Solomon sinned against God. And that country was divided into South Israel, which is Judah, and Northern Israel, which is Israel. See, even the kingdom, which was called the kingdom of God, kingdom of David, was divided. So we continually see that the history tells us very clearly that we have a problem. Not just 2020, but 20 years ago and 80 years ago, 100 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, all throughout the history. We tried so hard, but we cannot really make it. We cannot really come to the perfect peace. We cannot come to the perfect unity. We see it very clearly right now. Polarization, division, everywhere. So how do you think? Do you still think death is better than life? Right? Is there hope? Is there hope? The Bible says, yes, there is hope. Is there perfect unity? Is it even possible to have the, all the problems to be solved? It sounds like too good to be true, but yes, there is hope. Because Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14 says, Jesus is our peace. And through his blood, he brought the two groups into one, Jewish and Gentiles. The most divided, most polarized group ever became one through the blood of Jesus Christ. So the answer is yes, there is hope. And hope is possible. Hope is there because of Jesus Christ. Jesus' blood made it possible. Now that's good. But what about us? We still see the problems. Yes, Jesus did that. But why are we still having all these issues and problems? Can we have the unity? Can we really have the hope? The answer is yes. So that's something that we're going to look at today. We've been going through the book of Colossians. Last week, if you remember, you know, the core is Christ Jesus. And there are so many layers but we should not pay attention to the layers. We need to pay attention to the core, which is Jesus Christ. So we don't have to fight against all the carpet colors and all the stylus of music. Just focus on Jesus Christ. Okay? Now, how does that really work? So that's something that we're going to look at. So turn your Bible. I think we have a PowerPoint problem here. So I think you need to have the Bible with you. Or if you don't have it, just close your eyes and listen carefully. As, I'm, as I read the word of God. So it is from Colossians chapter 3, verses, seven, uh, verses 12 through 17. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. I'm going to read from NASB, New American Standard Bible version. 
So uh, listen, this is God's word. Okay, starting from verse 12, it says, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so must you do also. In addition to all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ, to which you were indeed called in one body, rule in your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Amen. Amen. This is God's word. So here, here we go. This is how we can have the true unity. And this is how we can truly experience the problem being solved problem that we have experienced so long. Again, Christ already fulfilled the unity through his death on the cross. Without his death on the cross, there's no way that we can be united. Christ shed his own blood. Christ shed his own precious blood for us. So he laid the foundation to unite anybody. It doesn't have to be this or that. Even if you're coming from east or west, you can be united in Christ Jesus. But how practically that works, it is in today's passage. So please do not close your Bible, open your Bible again, and go back to verse 12, because I'm going to go through very quickly, because I want you to see how the unity can really happen, okay? So first, in verse 12, it says, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, Stop right there. If you think that you are chosen, you're holy and beloved, you may think, oh man, I'm a special person. You are not. Okay? <laughs> so you need, to look, you need to watch me very carefully. That's not, what it, that's not what's happening here. If you are chosen, if you're holy, if you're beloved, it says, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. This is totally opposite to some people. Some people think they are chosen, they're special. And instead of compassion, they have pride. And they look down on everyone. That's not what the Bible says. Instead, we need to put on the heart of compassion. Right? And bearing with one another, forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so must you do also. God has forgiven us. Jesus forgave you. He shed his own blood on the cross so that we need to forgive one another. What if everyone forgives each other because Christ forgave them? Then things will be very different than what we see these days. Okay. And go back to verse 14. It says, in addition to all these things, put on love, 
which is the perfect bond of unity. Here's the word that we're looking for. It says unity. How? If you put on love. If you put on love, you will experience the unity. Now, how, what kind of resources do we have for this unity? And the following verses talk about the resources we can have for the unity. Look at verse 15. It says, let the peace of Christ to which you are indeed called in one body, roll in your hearts. So instead of fear of death, instead of fear of the world, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Peace of Christ. Capture your hearts. So peace of Christ is there as the resource for the unity in Christ to Jesus. So that it says, when the peace of Christ rule in your heart, you can be thankful. Be thankful. And then verse 16, second resource. It says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. The word of Christ. Instead of worry of the world, instead of worry of media that um, perpetrates our heart, let the word of God, the word of God richly dwell within you. With all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Now, this is why putting God's word is so important. How many of you are participating in 365 environment? Well, for those who do not know, it is a daily discipline on my YouTube channel that you go through memorizing one verse per day. So we're going to memorize 365 basic foundational uh, Bible verses, and we're going to read Bible, the whole Bible, five times a year, and we're going to pray one hour every day. Why are we doing this? Because it says, let the word of God poorly dwell within you. No, it says, richly dwell within you. Even if you memorize one verse, even if you put one word of God, that is so powerful. But what if you put more word of God in your heart, richly dwell in your heart, then you will do, instead of being boastful about yourself, you will be singing and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and thankfulness in your hearts to God. The more you put God's word in your heart, the more you'll be thankful, the more you'll be loving one another. My father memorized 3,000 Bible verses. But do you know what he does these days? Every day he praises God. Not just on Sunday morning. He praises God. He's so thankful. I'm just a wonder. I mean, he is old. He is 74 years old. He just retired. If I were him, I would like, okay, what am I doing here? You know, I, I just... You know, got out, of my, got out of my job and, you know, I'm just being myself all alone. No, his attitude totally changed. He became a man of giving thanks to the Lord every day. If he does that, we can do that as well. Instead of complaining, instead of worrying, if you put God's word, if the word of God richly dwells in you, then you'll be thankful. You'll be rejoicing. No matter what happens around the world, you will see amazing work of God anywhere. So that you will attract the people to join together to give thanks to the Lord. Imagine that. The peace of God is with you and the word of God richly dwells in you. There is no room for division. 
The unity happens right there. So God has given us the resource for unity. The resource for unity is not the we are the world song. Resource for unity is not the fine education that people are trying so hard. The re resource for unity is the peace of Christ and the word of Christ right there. He has given us. So we just need to put that in our heart every day so that we can experience the wonderful unity in Christ Jesus. But the reality is very difficult and it is devastating. Just a few uh, weeks ago, there was a um, very big news hit uh, in South Korea, and it also became a world news. I'm not sure if you knew, if you saw a news of a one-year-old, one-and-a-half-year-old little baby who was adopted, but he was, she was abused, and she died because of starvation and being hit by um, her adopted family, parents. And it became a huge news. And then um, my son got to find about it uh, from his own uh, the American US news. So it was hard, but the more striking news is this. The parents who adopted this child, both of them are Christians. And both of them are pastor's kids. I'm a pastor's kid. Pastor's kid is not God. <laughs> he or she is still a sinner, but it really definitely proved that. And personally, it was even more difficult because both of them went to the same school that I went. I went to a mission school, mission college. They went to the mission college in Korea. And this is a hard part. The media highlighted that issue and said, this is what Christians did. And then people, non-Christians in Korea, are criticizing against Christianity. See, look at what Christians do. They're hypocrites. How can they adopt a little girl and not caring for the girl, but how can they kill the girl? So the churches and Christianity in Korea is being attacked by media, the, uh, the media these days. But one, one day I was looking at my Facebook feed and there were so many posts came up from my uh, mission school, my homeschool. And alums, alumni were posting their thoughts. And I saw the division between those my alumni, and some of them are the, the friends that I know. And they say, you know, I used to be a Christian, but I don't want to be a Christian anymore because these Christians are lying. They're even worse than normal people, non-Christians. How can I keep up with my faith? Christianity, everything is just wrong and it's all false. So even among former Christians, we're fighting against each other. So it's really messy. It's still going on. Now, when you look at the news that these days that we see uh, among the people who are fighting against the political views and all, and you may think, how can Christians do that? We're supposed to love one another, but we don't see it. The reality is so harsh. 
We fight against the virus. We fight against the different political views. And we see the division even among the church. That's how I, that's what I see in Korea. And that's what I see in the United States and everywhere. So where is the hope? That was the first question that I asked, right? What is God doing? Is God really alive? Is he really real? Is Christianity is really true? Is the Bible really true? If we really follow the Bible, then we should be okay, but we're not okay. What is the problem? But Saturday morning, so yesterday, 6 a.m., there was a prayer meeting coordinated, facilitated by my uh, school, the mission school, the college. Normally, I did not participate, but this time I wanted to participate. I, don't, I didn't know why, so I participated in that. It was early morning, 6 a.m., and it was a Zoom meeting because the students were connecting from all around the world. But there were very few people. But they reported about um, this incident of this little girl who was adopted who died. And then they said, as a school, we all repented of this sin. But not only repenting of these, their sins, they decided to really be the salt and light in this situation. So they contacted the organizations in South Korea who are taking care of abused children, just like the girl who died. And there are so many different cases that's happening in, the, in, in Korea. But this one incident was highlighted by the media so much. But there are so many unspoken uh, abuse, abuse cases going on. So this, my school, decided to adopt these organizations to help them to prevent more future incidents. So they decided to help these 40 kids starting from this year. And then I'm like, wow, this is great. This incident is so devastating. This one little girl's life was lost. And we should not repeat this anymore. But here is the hope that I saw. God is still at work. There are so many Christians who are still working so hard to help and care these abused children. There are so many people who are hidden, who are not exposed by media because media do not want to talk about good things. They want to, they want to talk about bad things, right? Because that makes more money. But there are so many people, so many Christians who are following Jesus Christ in their life every day, try to be with this, those who are hurted. And in that prayer meeting yesterday, there was a one lady, particularly she is working with abused women. But the media does not talk about these people. The media does not expose what the Christians, what the body of Christ is doing as the salt and light. So it was a so amazing opportunity for me to see that God is at work. And we should not lose our hope. And then unity that God is bringing was amazing because in that prayer meeting yesterday, I went there, I entered that prayer meeting with devastation. I really didn't, I, I really doubted about my school. 
But at the end of the meeting, everyone was so united. Everyone was so um, uh, amazed by what God is doing. Everyone was so hopeful for what God has already done, what God has started. We saw the unity right there. Instead of complaining, instead of questioning, we prayed together. And we praised God together. And that is the work of God. There is a song, contemporary Christian song. God, don't you see all the problems in the world? Don't you care? God, do something. And then God said, I did. I created you. I did not really pay attention to that song in the past, but when I was listening to that song, I was like, yeah, that's true. That's true. God created us as the salt and light to bring the light to this broken world, to bring the light to this dark world. As my school, even though we, we went through a lot of difficult times, but the school, instead of being uh, continuing complaining about the world and all the media, they took a stand and they say, let's do something for the Lord. Let's be the salt and light for the world. So that is how God is calling us to do. Yes, Christ is the foundation of the peace, but we need to do something in this broken world, in this dark world, as his hands and feet. Instead of complaining, instead of doubting, instead of being deceived by all the medias that we see, we need to go back to the word of God and we need to hold fast to the core, which is Christ Jesus. And as his hands and feet, we need to move on. This is why house church, microsite church is very important. Because they are out there as the body of Christ, as the hands and feet of Christ Jesus. Instead of come and enjoy the wonderful music the, pro uh, the professional band provides, Come, go, and pray with those who are hurting, with those who are lonely. Instead of come and stare and one guy speaking in the, on the stage, go and share the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ with those who have not heard him. So join. If you have not joined the point, uh, the microsite church or house church yet i want to encourage you to join the house church to be the hands and feet of christ jesus and truly show the peace of christ that he has made at the cross and through that we'll experience the true unity in christ jesus unity doesn't have to be that you all agree together you can have a different ideas. You can have a different political views. You can have a different preference about the colors of the, rep, uh, the carpet. As long as you have the core, as long as you have Christ Jesus in your heart, different preference is okay. But regardless of all the different ideas and opinions, come to Jesus Christ together and experience the unity that Christ has already made. So we can be, we can experience a unity in diversity, just like we experience right now. 
We're coming from different culture, different background. We speak different languages, but we are praising the same Lord, same Christ together in one heart and one spirit. That is the unity and diversity. And we need to show this, the world that this is possible because Jesus did that. The world needs to see this. The world is saying the world is dead. It's doomed. We don't have any hope. We're depressed. We're discouraged. The world needs Christ. And we know the answer. But if we keep it to ourselves, we are very selfish. We need to go out. We need to show the world that there is hope. Hope is in Christ Jesus, and we are his hands and feet. How can I help you? We are here to help you. We are here to pray with you. We are here to care for you. The world needs care now. We should go and share and care and touch them as his hands and feet. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. That you are the peace. You sent your son to die in our place. You shed the blood of Christ Jesus, your only son, to bring peace. The peace is not cheap. Peace costs the blood. So, Father, we do not want to take it for granted. We do not want to forget it, but we want to live it. We want to show it. Please help us. Use us to show it to the world that she needs so desperately. Help us and guide us, Lord. Let us experience this unity and let us show this unity to the world. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.